All right, welcome everyone to the new media show. My name is Todd Cochran, and uh, we are, when we start this show every time, it's a, like a sequence of events. So we come up, <laughs> we come up on live on Facebook first, and then we get YouTube running. And then uh, once YouTube is running, then we can initiate the, the, uh, the blab, and then, then we're ready to go. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Yeah, I just launched a blab, and it looks like we're up there. So if you have a comment or question that you want to throw at us, um, I'll be I'll be monitoring blab too. So yeah. So anyway, it's uh, you and I didn't talk all week. Um, I think we both. I don't know. I've been slammed. How about you? Yeah, just uh, just a lot of stuff going on. Which uh, which is good, uh, and uh, I think it's a testament to the space. I was. Um, I don't know if it was Thursday. I was getting an update from uh, from Angelo. I was I had an appointment on the other side of the island, and so oftentimes I spend time in the car talking to team members. I just uh, you know talk to Mike at support. I'll talk to Mackenzie in the office. I'll talk to Angelo, and, and I'll just kind of make the full round robin. And by the time I got to my destination, I was uh, you know pretty jazzed i i don't know about you guys and how how your development cycles work at at spreaker rob but it, for yeah. us it's just like a continuous thing and we've always has a we've always got a huge roadmap and uh they're starting to take chunks out of that roadmap and you know, getting them finalized and that always gets me pretty excited so uh um yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's a continual process. You know, you're you're always updating or improving or working on a new feature in you know various parts of the platform. I mean, and especially with Spreaker, where we have listening apps and we have recording apps and we have all, all this other stuff. Plus, we're working on a big project to update our content management system on the back end too. So that's that adds another layer of complexity. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I I mean, what what's exciting about that is that you and and, and Spreaker and a bunch of other companies are actually investing in the space. We're paying for engineers to improve software and make uh, podcasting better. You know, yep. I know that's that's what you're focused on. So you know, I think we got lucky this year too. With uh, we had you know hired great. Uh, uh, we we bring in um, oh, what do you call them? Uh, college students that are over the summer interns, and our our interns this year just. Uh, rocked it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, you sure you want to go back to school? <laughs> <laughs> Learning so much doing uh, this. Yeah, I got a job for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that, of course, I'm sure that's a boost of confidence to them. But, oh, uh, yeah. you know, every once in a while, you just, uh, you, uh, you know, you, you find a group of people and everything's gelled and running on all cylinders and it's uh, exciting. But, you know, with it comes like anything else. It's the, it's the customer aspect too. And you know, I've been talking with Mike, um, specifically about, and I'm typing here as I've got my head down. Um, been talking with Mike, our lead support guy, and you know, I said, what's you know, what's the problem of the week? And it's what's kind of weird is that um, stuff comes in in groups. I don't know if it uh, someone goes to a conference and gets told about. A specific way to podcast or a certain idea or there maybe there's a because all of a sudden we'll get you know four or five support phone calls in a row that are like 
specifically focused on almost the same exact thing. So yeah. it, uh, it, it kind of like has, uh, has days where it's just, it's just odd because it'll be like, Hey man, I'm getting a bunch of questions on taxonomy podcasting or a bunch of questions on category podcasting. And it just, it, it it's bizarre, but I guess that's the way it works. And you, well, and we are kind of in this kind of this, uh, th- this lull in, in activity, I think, uh, you know, July and August, you know, people take a lot of vacations and, and I know you've said for m- many years that this is the time of the year when podcasters really need to be pushing hard on creating content because a lot of people take time off. Right. So, yeah. And, and sadly, and, you know, and, and, you know, what, that's probably a good thing from a historical standpoint to talk a little bit on, on the show is that w- when podcasting started, you know, for the first three, four, five years, it would be, you know, June would hit and make the numbers would just like collapse. We would go down mm-hmm. 35, 40% June, July, August, and then we'd climb back out. And when the, it's just, you know, as soon as it got, a, you know, the leaves started turning or a little bit of different color in the mainland United States, it would be, um, the audiences would come back. It was like they were on their summer, on their break. But now you see just, I mean, just a tiny dip during mm-hmm. June, July, August. And I think that's a testament to the space on, um, you know, really where we're, where we're at from a content consumption standpoint from the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it, there's a huge dip in music consumption in the summer months. So no, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just it's really an example, I guess, on how pervasive this medium is. I mean, it's on everybody's phones. Uh, it's, it's so convenient to get access to now. I mean, I even uh, remember if I think back to my, my old radio show days when I started doing this back in the, back in the, um, the, the very end of the nineties and like 99 is when I started, um, doing a, doing, doing a radio show. And then I started streaming, um, of my show using real and, um, and uh, Windows Media um, server streams, um, I would get, and th- th- this is another little change that's happened too, is uh, I would get a lot more audience on the weekends. Hmm. Um, the trend lines in the early days of this, uh, of you know, streaming online or audio online, is that weekends were actually more popular in, in listening than the weekdays, for some reason. And, uh, and now it's flipped. Um, you know, typically weekends are not big consumption times for podcasts, surprisingly enough. Well, I, you know, you don't see, you see a little bit of stats dip on the weekend, but I, I think, um, I think people are consuming this stuff in the car when they're on the way to work or on the bus or in the train yeah, or exactly. in that, the cube or. That's, <clears throat> exactly. That's exactly where it's happening more and more is, you know, these these portable players, you know, their smartphones, even going back to, to the MP3s, um, people started listening to this content on their commutes. Um, and I think that's, that's where the change happened. That's why listening to the to audio content online was so strong on the weekends was because people didn't have a way to listen to it portably. Yeah. Um, but now they do. And that's, that's why we're seeing the, the trend lines that we're seeing today. And I know we've, talked about this on the show well what's what's the next big um inflection point in this and i i i think it's going to be less well it's still going to be significant with the smartphones but but i think listening is going to start happening in other places more and more 
like on your echo or, um, the, you know, um, places where, uh, there's computing capabilities and speakers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was, I think maybe I mentioned this on the show too, but I talked to the echo team and they're going to be integrating that echo technology into all sorts of devices and all sorts of areas of your home. Um, so you may not have to listen to your phone all the time. You just tell your, your echo that's embedded into your refrigerator and your echo that's embedded into your bathroom or, you know, that, that kind of thing to get to the content that you want to listen to. It's going to be less of about being really reliant on that smartphone. You know, we've got two echoes here in the house and uh, one in the bedroom, one in the living room. And it, it's pretty amazing because, you know, there, you know, something's going on here in the house. Uh, you know, the, the kids might be playing Pandora. I might be in my bedroom and I can just, you know, say Alexa, play jazz. If I'm looking for jazz and it'll play a jazz lineup. Matter of fact, that's what I do when I go to bed. I'm, you know, I tell Alexa play jazz. And as soon as she starts playing jazz, I then say, uh, Alexa in 15 minutes, uh, stop playing music. So, you know, I get about a 15 minute, well, I get to sleep and then it shuts off. So, um, it's, it's an easy way to, you not even have to push nothing. You can just on demand ask and have the, uh, and the device is just, it's remarkable. It really is. Now I, I will say that we've, um, had a couple of calls with the echo team and uh, while i can't say uh, what that is involved i think you will see the podcast functionality and uh and echo mm-hmm. uh, vastly improve yeah i've been i've been speaking to them as well so i mean i think they're they're realizing that there's an opportunity for them to kind of get involved in this medium more and more yeah yeah. And it's a, you know, it's a device a lot of people are, are picking up and it's a little, little pricey, but man, it just integrates so well now. And I, you know, I've got smart home devices that it controls too. So, mm-hmm. um, I, and I think they're, I think they've got a leg up on Apple a little bit, to be honest with you. Uh, I, it's, you know, from a, just a command and control standpoint, it just seems a lot more user-friendly. Yeah, I think they've they've carved out a segment here that's that's a little bit ahead of the other guys. You know, I know Cortana and Siri and stuff have some of this kind of capability, but they they just don't have the devices. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's the the challenge. So we, I, I'm sure we're going to see competitive devices come out, but the, 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 they're going to be ones that are kind of follow up to this and may not get as much traction. I I, I don't know. It depends. I mean, I guess if Apple decided to get into that same kind of device area they could compete pretty pretty quickly i think but um we'll see we'll see and that technology is also going to come to the car too yeah um so it's going to be around you it could potentially be be around you at all times and your phone um would be the key to unlocking that um you know i I mean you you could be outside i think that the big challenge though is is that it's a speaker-based system I think uh, the system needs to be somehow able to to communicate to you privately um, in an easier way. Um, but I, you know, we'll see how they try and try and solve that problem. <laughs> yeah. One thing that um, you know we've uh, been experimenting, well, not experimenting. We launched the uh, podcast radio stuff just before podcast movement, and um, I put my 
channel up uh, last week. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. I had I just basically had been so slammed I hadn't had time, and so I added Geek New Central to it and <coughs> just started kind of watching. The streaming stats are a whole different type of animal. They're kind of fun to watch, and our partner Stream Guys provides the the metrics behind it. But what I will see, and in right now I'm only on uh, a couple of platforms. I've got to to get them submitted and approved for. It's just like a podcast. When you have a, a live stream, you have to go around and submit them to specific platforms and directories, and mm-hmm. you know it takes two or three days to get ramped up once you're on. But as I've started to add, um, what you know, basically what I see is uh, about uh, nine a.m. A little bit of a a come up, mm-hmm. you know, with people coming online, and about five o'clock that uh, number uh, dropping down. So yeah. I, I think it's a very indicative that people that are at work are listening to, um, and it's, you know, this is why Pandora is so big right now is they're listening to some sort of streaming content, something they get to easy, quick and fast. Um, and that, that seems to be a, um, and, and they'll, then they'll, I guess for a better word, they, um, just like listening on a D or watching multiple shows on a DVR, they kind of uh, do catch up listening at that mm-hmm. point. So yeah, and then we've seen actually on the speaker platform, um, though the numbers are not as high as the on-demand part, mm-hmm. um, that people actually listen longer to a live stream than they listen to on-demand. Um, as far as minutes of listened, I think it's like three minutes, four minutes longer on on average. That's across the whole network. Um, longer to a particular piece of content they they just for some reason the the live aspects keeps people engaged for a longer period of time because they realize that they can't really you know pause it or um break away and then come back right uh, quite as easy um so it's just kind of a mental thing that i think is really really interesting but you're not going to build a huge audience um off of live it's just not the way it is but you can build a lot of um community conversation around live. And I've seen that on the speaker platform as well. I've seen shows that are, you know, two or three hour shows, uh, like the ghost hunter podcast. That's, you know, that's hosted by the guy that, um, uh, is the host of the ghost hunters TV show. Yeah. He does a show on the speaker platform and he's, those guys will get, uh, 600, a thousand comments in their comment stream while, while they're doing the show. Um, which is a lot, you know, I mean, the, there's a lot of conversation going on around that show, um, and it's and it's live, and then it's you know it's available as an on-demand program, um, also as a podcast. Um, but it's it's interesting to see that dynamic with some shows, and then other shows have actually no engagement like that, at, you know, uh, with their audience. And I'm not always sure why certain shows have it and certain shows don't. It's kind of it's kind of interesting. I don't know that I've ever seen any data that kind of breaks that out. I don't know about you, Todd. Have you seen that? Or certain shows get so much community engagement and then other shows um, don't, but they're still big shows. I think it's a expectation of what the audience, you know, does the show that's not getting the engagement while they're, while they're live, have they been advertising that they're live or is it an afterthought or, you know, what well, isn't that the show is any, any, um, bigger, um, you know, if I take two shows that are of equal uh, live um, shows, 
and on-demand channels. Oh, so that oh, oh. they have about the same, same audience, same. right? Yeah. Um, why does one show have so much more community engagement and conversation while the show is live? And then this other show gets a, just a sprinkling of it, but yet they still have the same audience. Um, is the, is the content invoking audience engagement? That's, yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. Maybe it's compelling, uh, content, but maybe it's not. Yeah, not necessarily. I mean, I don't, uh, hmm. I, I haven't noticed a huge difference in the content. It may just get back to the actual, um, composition of the community i guess uh would be the only other differentiator that i've been able to to to, to trace and i guess how um rabid they are um i don't know if that's a positive term or something but um, <laughs> yeah rabid fan that's a good that's a good yeah i mean if they really feel it, it may have to do with the with the personalities of the hosts too you know are they are are they really inviting or do they you know, ask questions that spark or have guests on that, that, that spark, uh, uh, people to comment and ask questions. Right. It, that's like, that's like that X factor, you know, I mean that you just, um, it's hard sometimes to know when it, when it clicks and works. Um, I'm not sure that there's a formula to get there. I don't know about you, Todd. Yeah, Do you I don't think that, I don't think there is. I don't think, I, you know, I don't, you know, there's some shows that make me want to engage more than others, but it's about stuff the hosts have said or stuff that they've asked to do. Um, it it is um, it's a, it'd be interesting to do a little case study on two shows that are pretty similar, and you know, and just go through and try to pick it apart and, yeah. and find out why. Hey, Rob, just as a um, question here, I'm and it, this is a technical question for the show. When you're looking at the Blab URL today yeah. um does it have anything after and dash todd on your listing does it say like y2 or 7w or anything like that yeah yeah i do yeah at the end of the url string yeah. it goes dash y2 or okay. 7w yeah it's something weird about blab and the way they do that now i don't know, understand why that's the case but they've got I don't know. They, I, I, I scheduled one and it saved, and then it, then I had to recreate one just before the show today. So, well, know. and it, it's, speaking of blab, we talk about blab here. I, and I'm sure you have, and I know I have. I've certainly got the impression that podcasters are 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 kind of abandoning blab in uh, droves. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Where are they going? So, I don't know that they are going somewhere else necessarily. I just. Um, I just have gotten the impression that, you know, there's been leave blab events, <laughs> um, <laughs> that have been going on. Um, leave so blab I, events. It's actually, yeah. it's actually not bad for the way we're using it right now. <laughs> I trust it more than, you know, and, and we've gotten some good in face, uh, engagement on Facebook this morning, but, uh, you know, nowhere near the numbers that we used to get on blab for sure. Yeah. But we haven't been doing shows on Blab per se as much, so we may have lost some people that way too. Yeah, well, that's certainly true. That's certainly true. But the show numbers are definitely up for those of you that are subscribed. Thanks for for subscribing. We're seeing steady, steady increases in the uh, in the audience. Yeah, and we went through a long long stretch of time where we didn't even create any content. Yeah, we were... <laughs> and we were we we were very very bad podcasters. Yes, we so. were. Hey, so this uh, this topic came up 
on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if you saw it or not, Todd, around seasons. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> and I I made some comments on Twitter that I'm not a big fan of seasons. Me neither. Um, and I think most uh, long long running podcasters would agree with that. And but I think that there's kind of a misunderstanding of why seasons exist. Uh, I think some think that it, that they exist for some strategic reason, <laughs> um, um, more than just business reasons. And, and I don't know what you think about it, but I think most podcasts that are done in seasons are usually done for business reasons, not for audience reasons. Um, would you concur on that? Well, I think some of them are seasons because of, of television shows, you know, they're doing well, sure. Sure. But those are, that's not what I'm talking about. I, what I'm mainly talking about is seasons driven by just the nature of what the shows are doing. So case in point, serial serial mm-hmm. decided that, that, that they were going to have two different seasons. Now, granted, I think serials maybe is a bad example somewhat, um, because they did pick different topics to cover. So there is a kind of a natural break there. Yep. Uh, but there are a lot of podcasters out there that think that just doing regular seasons where they create, you know, 25 episodes and then they take two months or three months off and then they come back, and create another 20 episodes is a good strategy. Well, I think seasons reason. are great as so long as you finish season one on one Friday and start season two on the next <laughs> Friday. Uh, that I think that's a great strategy for a season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I even <laughs> said in on Twitter, I said, um, it's better to even do just one episode a month if you want to create limited amount of episodes. I mean, yeah. than it is to go create one a week for two months and then take two months off and then come back and do another season. Um, and some podcasters think that that's okay to do. Hmm. Well, I, I wish them luck on building a big audience doing that. Yeah. Uh, I, I just don't think it's, it's, it's a good strategy to be honest with you, but, to each his yeah. own. I'm not going to tell a podcaster what to do, but I'm just, I don't know if it's a, it's a great strategy or not. Hey, one thing we should uh, mention here, Rob, is I, I think that, um, you know, we have some listeners listening that are reacting and making comments on other podcasts about things that you and I have to say. Oh, uh, they are. Yeah, I, I do. And I want to welcome all of you that are listening and then going to other shows and commenting to ask us to come on because we'd love to have you, on the show and debate some of those things uh, right here. I'd uh, be happy to, uh, you know, flesh it out here. But uh, Eric uh, Newsman w- went on uh, uh, went on the Earwolf show, and he feels um, he sure he, basically what he what I and I didn't listen to it. I got this third party from I actually got it from Dave Jackson said that he sure feels he's doing podcasting. And uh, apparently he said something about iTunes is a ceiling, whatever that means, meaning as an upper limit, I would assume that he is referring to there. And of course, he would say that being an Amazon company. Um, but um, he thinks we're going to have a problem with them eventually. So I, I, I can only think that either he's listen, Eric, and if you're listening, again, we'd love to have you on the show um, to talk about that. But... Uh, or maybe he took homage to what Twitter exchange you and him had a week ago. Oh, about the whole is audible podcasting question. Yeah. 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 
I, I don't think there's any question that they're not podcasting. Um, I, it's, I don't even know why it's even a debate, but, um, yeah. cause there, there's, from what I gather, there's no RSS feed. Yep. It's not in iTunes. It's not in any podcast consumption app. It's only in audible. Yeah. Hey, Daniel said in one of our chat rooms, he said, you created multiple events on blab. Their system is buggy. Yeah. I created, I created one event and then could never find it again. <laughs> um, it wouldn't show up anywhere, even under profile where it's normally stashed. And, uh, Daniel says, I see podcasters trying who's and fire talk and other stuff. So people are spreading out trying to, so, so did blab shoot themselves in the foot by ratcheting back on trying to build features for podcasters? I think so. It's too bad. Because yeah, man, they, they were the hotness, or it was the hotness for a while, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I think that the, there was some discussion about it at Podcast Movement. Um, people were talking about it, and the conversation was really centered around how how Blab wanted to focus more on just everyday or regular people doing um, you know, calls together, almost like a business solution hmm. um, would be what, what I would say, or you know, just kind of like what you maybe can do on Skype, you know, or right. something like that. Right. And didn't want, want to be known as the place for video podcasters. Well, if I had enough bandwidth, we could push to, we could do like, you know, I, I, I'm actually going to attempt this on my next show as I'm going to stream. Um, and I'm having pretty, and here's the reason why I, well, let me continue with my thought before I get people totally confused what the hell I'm talking about. Um, what I want to do is, um, get to the point where the, I can stream to really everywhere on one go live with everything that I want. I want to, and, and it's purely a bandwidth problem for me right now, but I can do you when I'm not doing a Skype call, I can do live stream, YouTube, Facebook, and blab. So I can do four when I'm, when I'm, no one's on Skype. Then when you're on, I can't do live stream that drops that. But what I'm trying to, what I'm going to try to do is, um, because I'm po posting this uh, live to my personal profile and also my Geek News page, I'd like to be able to have a dedicated page for a new media show where we could have, um, and maybe even on your profile, Rob, or, and it's it's not possible currently the way I've got things set up where we could really be live streaming in all places at at once i don't know mm -hmm. if that causes confusion but not everyone goes to your profile page it goes to mine and, and vice versa so yeah. um you know there are uh there are cool ways to get this out now facebook just lifted the 90 minute limitation now you can go four hours yeah i saw that and maybe we experienced that last week on the show and we didn't get bounced in an hour 30 mm -hmm. so that uh they're finding out very quickly this seems to be the thing people want. So that's exciting. You're seeing more and more content on Facebook that's being done live. Yeah, I mean I I I mean four hours is a long time for them to put it out to. So they I, I you know, it's interesting that they push it out that far. I'm I I am i am I'm surprised that they would push it out that far, are you? Well, they must see traction. Yeah. You know, so that that must be, um, you know, the 
the reason why. Hey, I want to toot one guy's horn a little bit here. Um, Joe Bergman over pod2pod.com. Um, this guy's doing a great job in um, really digging out a lot of new media news. Um, he covers this show and Libsyn and you know every you know all the major. Uh, he covers your show, Rob Spreaker Live. Um, you know he goes and and basically highlights all these shows. And he's got a newsletter and uh, a blog that basically wraps up all the podcasting news. So he's doing a real good job on this. I don't know if a lot of podcasters are aware of his site, uh, but uh, for those of you that are listening, definitely go over to podtopod.com, get signed up for, and it's um, not a lot of um, commentary. In other words, he doesn't put a lot of, he just, it's a good syndication site with um, a wrap-up of all the, all the news. He doesn't do his own ad lib, uh, at least yet. Um, so, uh, they're, uh, um, they're doing, I think they're doing a real good job over there. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm on the site now. looks great. Yeah. They, he came up with this new design. I think they just launched it, uh, beginning of the month, but he's had the newsletter for a long, long time. Um, haven't heard too many. Nick has been had death in the family or something, but I haven't seen too much on, on Nick Qua and his newsletter. It's the last, it seems like the last two or three weeks, the newsletter has been severely lacking. Um, and don't just because it's the you know, family situation or what, but do you subscribe to his new, I think yeah. you do. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I get, you know, I get it somehow. I'm not sure. I think I was on his early, early list, you know, but I still get it, but I'm not a paid subscriber. If that means anything. Yeah. But, I, um, I guess, uh, well, the mid Atlantic podcast conference is coming up here in September. Yep. So I, I talked to them. I may be going to that. So it should be an interesting event yeah, in no. Philadelphia. Did you get any idea what their numbers are looking like yet? Have you heard? I thought in the four to 500 range. That's a pretty good number, actually. Yeah, it is. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, I hadn't. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Four to 500. That's actually, that's pretty good. Yeah, uh, no, it's surprising. That's a that's a that's actually a big number. Mm-hmm. Well, it's sitting right there, right next to New York, so you know it's right. going to pull from from a, a large group. Yep. Up there. Yeah. When is the dates on that? September. Uh, I think it's September 9th, tenth, something like that. Yeah, I have to look at my calendar. Um, I've got something. Uh, I don't know if I can personally swing that maybe I can send one of my team members to the event uh we're going to the uh there's a conference that's uh, a men's conference we're going to be going to that and then there's a couple other things going on there's some little you know regional pop-up stuff that is not necessarily 100 percent podcast related but it's um you know close enough that they're having some sessions i was asked to consider sponsoring an event that i think uh, happened in Chicago or is happening in Chicago, but the price was extraordinarily high to to sponsor it for for mm-hmm. what it was. But um, you know, I did. It, I think it's good. I think we're going to need some in between events. Um, you know, to kind of uh, keep the juices flowing, for a better word. 
<laughs> yeah, kind of kind of fill in the the gaps and where people can can attend because not everybody can go to a podcast movement. Yeah. Um. So if you wanted to find out more about the the Mid Atlantic Podcast Conference, just go to podcast midatlantic.com that'll t- take you to the events homepage that's podcast midatlantic.com all one word so and I, anyway and it's an interesting lineup of of speakers mm-hmm. um so yeah I'm, I'm sure they'll have a good good event i think this yeah. is the second year of doing this or third second I'm or not third sure. I, I think it's the second year. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just like any other little conference like that, it's not little if they're doing four or five hundred people. That's pretty big. That's what they're. That's what they're expecting this year. They weren't that big last year. No, but. no. But uh, they've gotten that kind of registration numbers. Then that's that's pretty impressive. All right. What else is going on here? Um, let's. Oh, I see. Pot. Let's be honest. We we broadcasters are very high maintenance. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if we're high maintenance. We just well, we we have high demands, is what we have. Yes. Well, you know, I mean, is there any more thoughts or follow up from from what happened at Podcast Movement? Anything no, that you I, can think of? I, I think we had a. I think we kind of you beat that dead horse last week pretty good. We did beat that horse, but yeah. you know, things things pop up. I mean, the the contacts from that continue to flow in. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's a it it's not just at the event itself that activity happens around that event. There's, there's a lot of new contacts and a lot of new yeah. people reaching out, and um, you know, it's a, it's same thing with me. I I just do a flurry of calls with people after after yeah. an event like that, just to spend more time with people because you typically at an event like that, you just, you're just really, really brief with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to find out more about what they're doing or what, or, or, you know, you have to do a call. So, and I've, you know, I've got, uh, just like you, I'm sure a lot of biz dev that's coming out of that and, yep. uh, some follow up to do, um, as far as just a, a business standpoint, but, um, that, you know, that's to be expect- expected. And actually I'm a little bit behind, and follow up with some folks uh, just because we've had so much going on. Well, and also one thing I wanted to mention too is that there is kind of a, another plat- podcasting, a growing podcasting platform that's out there that um, maybe many are not aware of, but shouldn't shouldn't be a big surprise. But it's it's uh, uh, from a company called Harmon, which I'm sure anybody that's been in the the audio space for any length of time was familiar with that name um they're they're the largest audio company in the world um they build you know like harman carmen stereo systems yep. and and harman has been a been a big provider of um, in dash um controller units uh for cars for many many years um they're 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 creating many of the of, of the head units that are going into these new digital cars um, that are kind of like sitting in the middle of, uh, of CarPlay and Android Auto. So they're creating, I mean, a lot of the car manufacturers 
are creating um, kind of like their own proprietary software that sits at the top level. And then basically uh, CarPlay and Android Auto are typically pre-installed um, into that, that head unit, but they sit at a lower level uh, and but can be called up if necessary. Uh, so th- uh, those folks are, 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 are building a podcast po- platform called AHA. I don't know, Todd, you, uh, you're probably familiar with it, I'm yep. sure. Yep. So, but those guys don't get talked about much in the podcasting space. Um, and I don't know how big that they could be, uh, you know, with that AHA platform, but, uh, uh, it, it could be at the top level of many of the, the cars and CarPlay and Android Auto kind of like sit and at a lower level, uh, and are only activated by when it, you know, when somebody brings in a, you know, a vehicle or a phone and then activates that CarPlay experience in the car. Um, so anyway, do you have any other thoughts on AHA yourself, Todd? Well, I think, um, you know, here's the challenge that what, what all these car manufacturers are going to be faced with. Um, and I think the folks at Panasonic um, kind of have figured this out already in aftermarket um, and Dash stuff, is that you have two types of users. You've got an Android user and you have an, uh, an iOS user. So if you create an in-dash experience that looks like Android, uh, 50% of the people that would have bought that new in-dash unit will not. So the Panasonic folks did um, where it allows you to choose whether you want mm-hmm. which interface. Now, the problem will become with uh, and the challenge that Harman will have and these other companies that do in-dash stuff is that everything's going to be very proprietary. They're going to build their own platforms. Well, um, at the top level, that, that's exactly true. So when you buy your car, you'll you'll get that default uh, experience that's proprietary to that vehicle manufacturer. But then that CarPlay and Android Auto will still be embedded in that. It's just, it'll come up, right? Well, if, um, if they're making it so that you can choose which... That's right. You know, that's, that's smart, but you know, that's, if, that's if you look at what Ford's doing, yeah. um, and again, I don't know what vehicles Harman is in and sometimes there's not Any. a label, you know, because it doesn't say Harman on it. It's a, Correct. it's been made for the manufacturer. Correct. Um, you know, I think that's the, the line they have to straddle here is, mm-hmm. um, you know, how's it, um, you know, how's it going to adapt because I think what they what people want is they want the same experience having their phone in their dash, and you have to be um, you know you're going to have to support both uh, phone types. Uh, but Todd, I've been hearing more and more from from guys in the auto space. I mean, I keep talking this. I mean, I know that this was coming a long time, but uh, uh, more and more of those cars are going to have their own independent three three and four G connections. Well, on them. yeah, but the, still the. It's yeah. not necessarily, we, we understand that, but the problem is, is they're going to want, you know, they're going to want the, the their phones. Capability you know, to synchronize with it. Well, not only that, but they're going to want the interface. They're going to want the Android interface or they're going to want the Apple mm-hmm. interface, one of the two. Yep. If they allow that to happen, then they're going to do okay. But I think if they go off and do something proprietary and it's where the apps are not from the, car play or whatever, you know, whatever, pick your poison. 
I think they're going to have big trouble because it's too expensive um, to build apps to proprietary platforms. You yeah. know, we want to build a plat, we want to build an app for an iOS and build an app for Android and have it work in both. You know, any car. Uh, I don't want to have to go and build a special app just for special, rec- uh, you know, special in dash receiver. Yeah. Um, you know, the big companies can do it because they can afford it, but you don't get scale that way. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I just, I'm still skeptical on people being able to, so you like, you get Sirius XM. Many of you have that when you get your brand new car, you get 90 days or 30 days of free Sirius XM. But how many people actually then pay for the, the service? How many people go on and, and pay the nine ninety five or whatever it is a month they have that in their vehicle. Are people yep. going to be willing to chunk down 40 bucks a month for a uh, internet connectivity in their car? I, I don't know. I don't think so. Well, uh, I keep hearing that more and more of the car manufacturers are going to just give that to the, the, the user for some period of time that's when the they buy, buy that's a car, some yeah. period of time. But then how many people after that trial period is over, actually extend it now yep. if the mobile providers are smart they make it just like an ipad you know like with verizon you had 10 bucks and you had another device to the plan yep and i'm sure that's what they're going to do todd i would think that that would totally what they're going to do yeah it, it'll be it'll be interesting to watch you know i don't want my kids necessarily tapped into i, I don't want wi-fi in my car for uh, you know, my you know, because my kids will just suck up the, <laughs> they just stay in their mobile devices and use the, you know, the allotment that I have given them. I get one half dozen the other, I guess, right? Watch uh, what watching YouTube videos in the backseat. Yeah, is that what you're worried about? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, who knows? I, I you know I think the car is going to come, but I think it's you know I, I look at my vehicle. I got a 2009 vehicle and I, and I drive I, maybe I'm different than most but I drive vehicles to the wheels fall off so yeah I'm the same way you know I probably yeah. got another in any way this vehicle is and I got 152,000 miles on it so I'm planning on taking that sucker to into I literally until it 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 becomes no longer cost effective to fix it then I will then I'll then I'll change vehicles but uh, I know some people change cars as much as they change their underwear they you know it's like my girlfriend I'm a my daughter's boyfriend, like he comes in the parking lot with a new vehicle every three months. I'm like, what are you doing? And he actually buys cars, fixes them up a little bit and resells them. He's smart. He's making money. But, um, you know, mo- most adults, <laughs> you know, yeah. a lot of people change vehicles every three years. And to me, that's sheer insanity from a financial standpoint. But yeah, it is. I mean, I've got three cars my, my, myself. One is 20 years old. One is about 10 years old. Uh, and one is uh, about five years old. So those vehicles don't have any smart tech in them. Um, my Nissan Leaf does. It's got Bluetooth, probably, right? Uh, well, it's it's got a pretty advanced kind of in dash mm-hmm. um, computer. I, yeah, it has a constant uh, data connection with uh, the AT and T network. Yep. How much does that cost you a month? Doesn't. It was built into the car, and I got it got a free back in 2011 so does it actually allow you to like surf the internet and 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 
put Pandora on or anything like that? No, no, it doesn't ha- have that capability. The reason for the data connection is for telematic reasons. Uh-huh. Um, and then also to keep track of uh, charging stations. Oh. So if I need to charge, I mean, it'll locate charging stations in, in the area that, that I'm in. And it has to download new maps and uh, new charging locations. That so makes it, sense. Yeah. So it has to keep track of things like that. Uh, it's not a data <clears throat> data bundle that's going to use a lot of data. Um, um, but that's the kind of thing I think what's what we're going to see more and more come into the cars is it's just going to be built in. Right. And they'll give it to you for two years or three years or something like that. And then after that, you'll have to start paying for it. Well, we will, time will tell. But how many cars, you know, I don't know. Does anyone have a? Google statistic on how many cars are sold in America every year. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know off the, off hand, but I would imagine it's probably in the millions. Right? I would assume so. But if you look at, you know, in most of these, uh, you know, uh, nice data in the dash experiences are not, you know, that's an, that's a up, that's not a, or a plus that's a option. Yeah. It's on, yeah, it's on the high, higher end of the spectrum, right probably. so you, yeah. you're not actually going to get that with your you're just yeah. going to go buy in and buy a set of wheels it doesn't have you know no you know you got the vinyl seats and the <laughs> <laughs> geo metro kind of kind of cars right right or, right yeah. you know uh, uh, no no carpeting on the floor just you know plastic yeah it's <laughs> No, you know, it's I'm being extreme Teenager's here. Teenager's first car. Right. You saying. know, there's yeah. a lot of those being sold. And uh, let's be frank, you know, you know, I'm pretty conscious. I grew up in a part of the country where um you know, people don't make as much money and uh, they have to be very conscious of what they what they buy and pay for. So they, you know, they uh they don't buy the high-end vehicles. Um so yeah. well but they have mobile phones. Of course. You know, um, you know, there's very few people that don't have, you know, they don't have a mobile phone, but they, you know, they may not have a high end luxury car. So yeah. I, I think time, it's just a time thing on the vehicles. And I think Carmen and those folks are smart for, you know, up in their game. If they were really smart, let's think about this for a second though. If they were really smart, that would be in every vehicle. Car manufacturers would use that as a monetization platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd figure out a way to do a new revenue source there. Yeah. And it would pay for itself. Everyone would get a, you know, you'd have a, a what I would call a Costa Canarly. You know what a Costa Canarly is? No. A Costa Canarly is a car that can coast down one hill and can hardly get up the next. That's a Costa <laughs> Canarly. So even if you had a Costa Canarly, and you would still have a, a high-end digital receiver in a dashboard because, you know, it, it puts an extra 1000 or $2,000 in the manufacturer's, you know, cashier's or in, the, in their checking account every year for yeah. the life of the vehicle. Yeah. I, I, if, if I was Apple or if I was uh, Google, you know, I would be like, let's let's talk deals, you know, because... You know, let's let's be honest. We're already the product, so let's ex, you know extend it to our our cars so that they uh, you know if you, oh maybe it's the option. You know, you, you're served ads. 
you, know, you have to opt in to be served advertising based upon getting this free high-end digital receiver in your vehicle. Um, target, you know, think about that. You're driving around town. You get next. You get close to a convenience store, and you flash up. Do you need milk? You know, that's yeah, it's true. Uh, you know, you're heading into town. Car tells you, "Hey, need gas? We got a we got a, a three cents off at the Shell station, two blocks down on the left, versus the Sunoco on the right." And yeah, yep. to to me, that seems like that is uh, where it's headed. And if they if yeah. they if they treat it that way, there's no reason why they would not. This would not be expedited in what's available to go in people's vehicles. Well, speaking of that, I, I heard on, on, on windows weekly, which I, I listened to not to bring up Microsoft here too much, but, um, that, that I guess Cortana on, on windows 10 has caused, um, just a huge spike in revenue for Bing, which I thought was really, really interesting. Hmm. Um, as, as people use these voice activated systems, you know, Siri and Cortana, uh, and the the Android has, uh, you know, and I can't even remember what it's called, but it's like Android Now, I think, is what they call that. Um, is a similar type of type of system, um, but it, it's causing a shift in um, in search behavior. Um, people are starting to use Cortana as a uh, as a search engine, um, and and the users don't even realize that they're using Bing. Um, I have not used Cortana ever. Yeah. Well, because I mean, I, you're on the Apple ecosystem, so you wouldn't. But well, but that's also available on on Apple devices too. But on my is. but on my desktop, I'm primarily working in Windows. Okay. So Cortana is that's the only place I would have exposure. And most people, I think, would have exposure to Cortana is on the desktop, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. But I guess they saw a for a forty percent spike in in revenue directly correlated to the use of these audio act you know you know these audio platforms uh like cortana um in in you know ad ad revenue yeah hey we got a one of our listeners on facebook wants to call in michael ray if you want to call in uh you have to call in via skype to uh, gnc pod one feel free to uh to if you want to call in go ahead and do so uh, again, you got to come in uh, via Skype. GNC Pod One would be the and video, please, if you can uh, muster it. So, well, oh, Todd, did you also hear that this is also very much a uh, podcaster-related story? But Microsoft um, announced uh, this past week that um, that they have officially moved off of the peer-to-peer. Um, platform for Skype. Really? Which they all gave us the impression three over three years ago that when they purchased Skype, that they were immediately the first thing that they were going to do was get off the peer to peer aspects, you know, the super nodes yep. that they had, um, that was the, the backbone of the, the, the initial build out of Skype. So I guess they uh, kind of lied to everybody. Well, it, it took a little longer. Maybe they figured out once they got into the weeds that uh, yeah. it wasn't as simple as they thought it would be. Yeah. Well, no, I, I'm, 
I'm pretty sure that's exactly what, what it is, but, but I wanted to share that with the podcast community because, um, there's some, um, some, some comments that have been made by the company that have given the impression that some of the issues that we've been having, uh, with Skype over the last three years are related to their efforts to migrate off of the peer to peer architecture. So uh, they think we're going to have better performance now? Yeah. Well, that I, I guess officially now they are, they are migrated over to hosting, uh, Skype on Azure. Uh, so Skype is uh, running through the, the, the Azure cloud right. platform, which mm -hmm. is a scalable yep. um, type of different kind of architecture, which should be a lot more stable. And I'm hearing people say that uh, the Skype has been a lot more stable over the last month. That's um, Well, uh, knock on wood here, we've had a pretty good connection the last couple of times you and I've been on too. Yep. I haven't. I've been using Skype. I'm. I use Skype multiple times a day, every day, and I have not had any um, dropped calls like I used to. Mm -hmm. um, but from what I understand, they're not using the super nodes anymore, which also means that your bandwidth usage uh, is is yours. <laughs> <laughs> it's not being not being siphoned off by by Microsoft. So if you were running the Skype software in the background, um, oftentimes you were being used as a as a node right on the peer to peer infrastructure which means that they were tapping into a small amount of your bandwidth to share it across the the network uh to help others do Skype calls and what i found living here in hawaii was that because we're a smaller ecosystem if you were a constant Skype user <laughs> you might have been using more bandwidth than you realized yeah correct so but i guess with this new ar architecture that they have, um, uh, it's it's isolated to individual users now. It's not going to. There, there's no more super nodes. Hmm. Um, so they're they're expecting the platform to be a lot more stable. But it's exactly like what what you said. Migrating from the peer to peer um, structure over to what we have now um, took them a lot longer than they realized. And but they just didn't correct anybody on that perception. Interesting. And wow. so now they they can actually fix a lot of the the usability issues in Skype. You know, like where where you get a call into Skype and it rings across multiple devices. Yep. And you can't seem to. It's kind of like whack a mole. You can't seem to <laughs> get it under control. Um, so I guess they're because they've made this shift now that they can focus on on improving that on those usability parts. So I think we'll see a big, uh, big improvement to Skype here over the next um, next six months or so. Well, so for for us, I can't I can't complain. It's still no matter what we've used, and you know, you and I have tried a number of things here. It seems to be the most stable. And now that we've got the ability to, you know, put the show wherever we want, regardless of uh, which, you know, what platform we're using, I I'm, I think this is for the short term at least going to be the way to go. Unless uh, one of these other services that Daniel was talking about, being Hoosa uh, uh, or FireTalk, get some traction, um, I, I think we're staying right here. Yeah, I've been on. I did a, I did a group call on Hoosa. Um, it's probably been a month now ago. Um, it's it, it's really a stripped down version of uh, of Blab. Hmm. But it's it's positioned to be more of a private thing not a public thing 
you can make it a public thing if you want, but, right. but it's pr- primarily designed for uh, private private calls. Gotcha. I'm getting completely washed out here. It's, I'm usually this uh, studio has got dark windows around, and it's a bright day here this morning in Honolulu, and I, I look like I have a sun glaring off the top of my head. Hey, the um, we're supposed to get a tropical storm to roll through here, so I, I'm surprised. Maybe it's the calm before the storm, but uh, they're talking three to five inches of rain over the next couple of days here, should, which should be fun. So. Wow. Okay. Are you part of the heat Correct. wave, or is uh, Seattle not been whacked by that massive heat wave going across the country? No, it hasn't been. Actually, it's cloudy today. Um, oh, so. It's been... It's been in the 80s, which is it's been pleasant normal. For you. Yeah, it's fairly normal for this time of the year. Hey, there's a couple of things, Rob, that popped that maybe uh, podcasters aren't aware of. Um, you know, I use ID3 Editor. I've used it uh, for a long time, but ID3 Editor MP, excuse me, ID3 Editor MP3 tag is now available for the Mac. Uh, that's been out a little while. So those of you that are Mac users, if you're looking for another way to um, and what I like about some of these ID3 editors is you have the ability to uh, pre-populate. So it uh, makes it easier in filling out your ID3 tags if you're doing them by hand. Yeah. So um, some of you have your service providers writing those ID3 tags, but if you're doing by hand, that's something available. Also, there's a new company out there called Wooshka, W-H-O-O-S-H-K-A-A. It's an Australian podcasting platform. Um, according to their uh, website, they're the first platform take advantage of facebook's new audio sharing technology and uh Wuska solves a problem that uh, when you in when you're playing audio in a news feed and you scroll down the audio continues to play even though you've uh scrolled off it so um that's a little bit of an an interesting development yeah so um you know the whole audio thing on facebook um i think uh you know, my team's been talking about it a lot. We're going to do, uh, we're getting ready to do some announcements very soon on our ongoing social integration. And I don't know, are people listening to a full show on Facebook, do you think? I don't think so. I mean, unless th- there's some way to do like what this company's doing, of have a separate pop-up player that can kind of live on your desktop or something, or um, I don't see people staying on one post and listening for much more than just maybe a couple minutes at the most. Yeah. So, um, but you know, it's something they've launched. So very, very cool. Yeah. I mean, but, but you know, I want to make sure I'm clear on this. I mean, I, I think that people would, if there was some more, you know, favoriting kind of a separate little client experience there that Facebook wanted to deploy that you can manage your audio. And I mean, more like a podcast player kind of, kind of concept, which they could do. Yeah. It wouldn't be that hard for them to build that into the, into the infrastructure to create kind of a longer term, um, kind of subscription and listening experiences. Yeah. So with week one of the circus political circus over and week two of the political surface heading into, <laughs> And I and and I call it a circus because really it's just uh, you know it's it's this one week of people going like that and one week of people going like this so it's in you know it's it's an entertaining um, a whole yeah just a circus 
and a lot God, of po- it's just a, it's just all a reality show anyway, right? <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's it's a rigged reality show. Let's let's put yeah, it that way. Well. Especially for the for the for the burn fans. So, um, <laughs> well, yeah. the burn isn't burning anymore. Uh, right? No, the the burn got burned by the DNC, according to these twenty thousand emails that were just released. But we, yeah, we, that's we, right. We won't go there. But oh. there has been, uh, like you said, a lot of. Uh, shows pop up but did you hear about this the battle that the young turks had in um it was basically two new media guys and i I don't even know the other dude's name but uh the obviously you've got a real conservative uh show and a real um left-leaning show and they're they're both pretty aggressive in the things that they say and i guess there was some sort of uh like it was all over the all over Facebook for a day, and I was just kind of I don't listen to Young Turks and I don't listen to this other guy's show, so I had no clue really, um, you know the the total personalities. But there was like almost fisticuffs live on uh, on a uh, a couple of new media platforms, you know. And I'm going to be, and irregardless of the circumstances around this, yeah, um, we we can't have this type of activities going on where there is, you know, almost a fight because what it will do is it will set the space back. It's going to cause big events. You know, let's, you know, circus number one and circus number two, it's going to cause these circus um, promoters to say, we don't want, uh, well, maybe they do. Maybe so they may, we're talking about it here. Um, Maybe we want to, don't want these people to attend and to participate and be credentialed and given access and given a space to actually cover this event. Um, the politics folks probably love it because it builds controversy in, in news. But, uh, you know, a trade show may say, no, we don't want these folks. They're unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, unfortunately, I think as this digital media grows and becomes more and more crowded with content and and it just um, over time it just slowly raises the the bar of what you have to do to get attention yeah and i think uh that may be partially what we're seeing now is that uh, extreme behavior gets lots of attention right and and the 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 extreme behavior that used to get attention isn't good enough oh so it was Alex Jones, and again, I don't know who this dude is. Oh, Alex Jones. Yeah, I mean, he's a podcaster. Yeah, uh, so he, it's Alex Jones and the Young Turks. They they were screaming at each other. Oh, okay, Alex Jones. Yeah. So is he? A, is is Alex Jones a conservative commentator? Well, he's more of kind of like a conspiracy slash oh. conservative slash kind of um, government. Uh, government kind of uh, questioning type of a, a show i mean he's got a huge following though well they had man that was it was not they they had nothing nice to say to one another <laughs> yeah well, the young turks are very liberal uh, oh yeah the, they are they're far as the, left as you can go yeah and the the alex jones folks are probably more what i would say probably more libertarian oh um, so moderate, you mean? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I mean, you could say it that way, but but you know, take 
that libertarian and then put it like a uh, like a conspiracy. Oh, put it, put that kind of, twist on it. Yeah, exactly. We're <laughs> we're you know uh, we live in a police state and the government is gonna take your whatever um, uh-huh. <laughs> and and you have to question everything and and that there's this Bilderberg society of of um, multinationals that are trying to control the 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 world you know well, they they do don't they <laughs> oh man you know it's yeah you know, it's not a far leap to see them to hear them talk about like ufos and stuff yeah. I and mean, that kind of it's kind of pushing into that side of the the craziness spectrum well, maybe i'm a right? libertarian and don't know it well, you know, I mean, a lot of us, I mean, I mean, if you've ever looked at the libertarians, I know we're getting uh, into politics here, yeah. but they tend to be, um, conservative on one side and liberal on another. Oh, that's so, interesting. you know, like from a financial perspective, they're very conservative on a social perspective. They're very, they're, they're liberal. Huh. So, interesting. so it, yeah. So it's a hybrid between, um, Democrats and Republicans. Right. I think, and if you look at the vast scope of america let's be honest probably people are a little of both yeah you know? no, totally you know it's but, it's uh but we all like to fight don't we todd and take sides <laughs> well i yeah you know, i was talking about it on my show the other day i have uh um and i don't have any tolerance for either side when i start hearing, seeing hate and um just and, you know, stuff that's non-productive i I've, I've been on a massive unfollow on facebook I mean, both sides of the fence. Mm-hmm. If someone is, uh, you know, a hard left or a hard right, and they are saying just outlandish stuff, I, I, I don't have time for it. And it's, to be honest with you, it's a distraction. Um, and it, right, uh, let's put it this way. People that I would consider very well-read and um, well-respected when it comes to politics, they lose their freaking minds. It's like they get, they take, they subtract the 45 IQ points from their, from their brain. You know, it's, uh, I, the way I kind of relate. The lizard it, comes out, Todd. In, in the Navy, um, when I was active yeah. duty, when uh, we have this time of year and it's coming up where uh, individuals that um, are getting, going to get promoted to the, the rank of E7, which in the Navy is more commonly referred to as being a chief, a chief petty officer. And during that time from a E6 to an E7 or when you become pinned for, to become a chief, they have a um, induction time or they have about a month, six weeks of, it used to be initiation. In the politically correct world we live in today, we can't use that word anymore. But um, they go through a training period to transition from basically being it's like going from blue collar. It's like going from a, a you know a, being a guy on the line working to going to management. It's that transit. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what you what what happens. And I swear to God, during this process, the same thing happens. These individuals, because they're put on a lot of pressure, they're made to do a lot of things. They just completely lose their freaking minds, and their IQs go down twenty points. Stuff that they would never do if they were in a normal process. And I think when it comes to politics, that's what happens. People just revert to the subliminal rage, and yeah. I, I don't, I don't get it because no one can have a conversation anymore. It's all got to be like, 
and I think it's a big problem in this country. I don't know what's going to take to fix it. I, I don't well, know there's a lot. Think. There's a lot of fear mongering go, going on 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 all sides. Right. I mean, right. And it's being being used to yep. inspire emotions and yep. reactions in yep. people, and so, and it's very dangerous stuff. You know. So anyway, yeah. um, Alex Jones and the Turks had a blowout, so they got some. You know, we got us to talk about it here for ten minutes. <laughs> and, and and both both of those guys are podcasters. Yeah. So there is a connection there. Yes, they there both is. Have have active shows in the podcast space. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> boy, they it's just and I, I mean my Facebook, and, and you can tell who is a podcaster that are very politically motivated because they are. They're in there. They're part of my unfollow list. Some of you that are podcasters that have been making some of this wild shit up that you've been putting on your pages. Sorry, I'm not following you in my newsfeed anymore. We'll wait <laughs> after the elections and then I will refollow. I didn't unfriend you. I have just unfollowed your commentary. <laughs> if you if you talk reasonable, don't talk hateful. I'll keep following. But man, yeah. I mean, it, it's it. It's really concerning too that there's um, two candidates that a lot of people don't like. <laughs> Why can't we have a, a candidate that people like? You know, uh, because in this country at this point, you you have to plan to be president when you start it when you are um, conceived. Yeah, you have you to, know, your parents have every a, every decision that you make since the, no, the no. minute that you're. Born. It, it, it even goes be before you are born. It goes before. before you are born. It's what your parents have done before you're born to the time you run for office. You have had to have essentially been an angel the entire time. That's right. That's and right. that's, that's yeah. And that's why we can't have good candidates is because the there's such a scrutiny and so much dirt dug up on brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, third cousins, uh, yeah. you know, that it's disgusting and it's what yeah it's the way the process works that's why we can't yeah. have so i'm sure that we're seeing a big spike in uh political podcasts right now i, I would be, i haven't looked but it'd be curious i think a lot of people are already getting burned out because of the hype cycle has been incredible this go round. Yeah. i would i would uh if they're like me maybe they're already huh. tuning out but todd i mean I saw a number on Facebook, and it isn't to take sides here, but sure. uh, just just to say an observation around how significant this stuff really is. I mean, if you look at Donald Trump, I saw a number that was like, um, I mean, so many people, I mean, how many voters are in the USA? There's like, what, 200 and probably 250, over 200 million. Well, I think what goes ends up going to the polls is... Uh... Well, no. What's the what's the potential oh. voter base of people that are over the age of eighteen? I have no idea. Vote, I, right? People are gonna have to go and Google that for me. Two hundred yeah, some million. I, yeah, I saw a, a a number online that was it was over two hundred million, right? Yep. And but Donald Trump just said in his speech that he he has gathered more votes than any other Republican candidate in history, right? Yep. And the the number he gave was fourteen million. In the primaries, that is true. In the, in the primaries, yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's a little bit of a stretch to say that's a mandate, right, when you have over 200 million potential voters. But, but no, for the, he, I think he's making reference only to the primary. During the primaries, he has garnered more votes than any Republican candidate in history. That is true. Yeah. In a primary. Now, 
what happens during the general election. Still, you know, in most municipalities, you start out here in Hawaii, it's dismal turnout. So typically a very small percentage of the actual population actually go and vote. Um, So um, that's a, that's a bigger, bigger reflection of what's happening here too, is that it's, it's not like it's a mandate. This, this is, it's almost like a survey sample. Well, he, he has a mandate within his party right now. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. No, I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying if you look at the overall population. Right, right, right. It just shows you how engaged the population is in yeah. this process. Yeah. Um, and that, that how would the numbers be different if we had even 90% participation in the process? Right. It's hard to say, you know, because we've never seen it. Yeah. I was talking with someone the other day and, um, um, the, the politics came up and, uh, he says, I, I can't even talk about who I'm voting for because I'm being, if I, if I say who I'm voting for, I'm going to get, uh, scorched. So I think, <laughs> I think what's going to happen is, you know, this is, uh, you know, in, on both sides, you know, there's people that hate Hillary. There's people that hate Trump. Um, yeah. and That's then right. there's some that hate both. So, but they're in the end. In the end, these individuals are going to have to, those people that are active that hate those individuals are going to go to the ballot box and they're going to probably uh, vote their party choice. And But they probably never will tell anybody that they voted for either one of the candidates. They'll just say, oh, I stayed home. <laughs> um, or they may have actually went and voted. Yeah, or, or you maybe- know, and I think there's a real danger of that this year <laughs> that people will just say, I don't like either candidate. I'm not even going to vote. Well, I think they say that and then they're going to go vote. Don't well, rob, I hope so. don't. I mean, I hope so. Too. Oh I hope yeah, please. I, mean, I, I think I this will people to actually vote. I think this will be the, give up. I think this will be the biggest voter turnout in the history of the United States. Well, that would, <laughs> that would be a good yeah. thing. I think so. We'll see. We'll see. That's yeah. at least my prediction. And who knows? I I have yeah. some. I, I'll go with the no agenda guys. I've got some theories. They have a theory. What's the what's the theory from the no agenda? So when we say no agenda, we're talking about um, Adam Curry, right? And, the no agenda um, show, yeah. Dvorak. Yeah, they made a prediction uh, and that uh, something would happen to Bill within two weeks of the election, and then Hillary would win on the sympathy vote. <laughs> now that's a stretch. Maybe. <laughs> I'm sure that sparks some conversation in their community. Yeah, yeah, they do. You do know what Hillary's nickname is, right? So you probably so, don't want to say it. No, 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 no. And I'm not advocating anything. Uh, so anyway, anyway, that was, and you know, I'm sure they said that offhand, but but it's um, anyway, funny. <laughs> it's a funny theory. <laughs> Yeah. There's always a surprise a couple of weeks before the election. There's always they they save their best juiciest stuff until right at the end and then drop a bomb to try to sway the last minute voters. But so probably probably controversy <clears throat> is probably one one way to to inspire audience yeah. engagement, right? Yeah. Um, if you take a side, and I mean, I'll, and this is probably an interesting topic for the show for the last couple of minutes is is. Um, you know, one of the big reasons that I think that this is happening in, in in the space and in the media also is because taking sides creates yeah, uh, drama, con- controversy. It sure. creates conversation, creates sure. division, which yeah. people people like to take sides. The yeah. same thing is going on with uh, between Android and and yeah. uh, 
for iOS. Oh, right? Mac and Windows. Yeah, for years. Thing. Oh, yeah, same thing. People like to take sides, and, yep. and because they bought that, they're going to vote for that, yep. right? It's the same yep. concept, and then they're going to defend it to the end of the earth. Because if they don't, then right. then the, 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 they have to accept that maybe they made a mistake. Yeah. Oh, that's that. We can talk about some masterminds that uh, has some of that philosophy. <clears throat> People yeah. spend money, and then they don't get what they want out of it, and then they defend it to the end of time that it was the best two thousand dollars they ever spent. Yeah. So it's same same. Same myth, same psychology going in play, you know. And that, but if you look at those topics, those you know topics that really are, are stretching, you know. And and uh, you know, I've one of the biggest uh, topics that I ever um, had on my show was talking about the blue man. And I don't know if you ever heard the blue man story or not, but it was the ghost I had in my house when I lived in Fort Island. And uh, that's that story still today um, gets comments, emails to me. And please retell that story. And, you know, so when you have a sensational story or something that is um, that really, you know, if you can, can do that effectively, consecutively, you're going to have a massive audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in that that show that I was talking about earlier, the ghost hunter show, it's kind of what they're, they're doing there. They're, they're going into properties and investigating whether or not there's a ghost in there. Yeah. Um, and that, that has inspired quite a passionate fan base to debate that issue. Right. Did they really find one? You know, they're going in with these, these meters and these sensors and that kind of stuff to pick up these, these, you know, high temperature levels and, you know, various shadowing that there and people, you know, it inspires people to, to comment about it and to give their opinions, you know, based on, you know, things that I've seen and, you know, I, you know, that's, if there isn't uh, I've had two experiences in my life and I was on an airplane one time with uh, 25 other people and saw one thing that uh, all 25 of us couldn't explain. And, uh, there's stuff out there that, uh, you know, that happens that, uh, you know, obviously when you go to coast to coast AM or one of those types of sites and you yeah. look at the news and, um, you got the UFO that looks like it was made out of cardboard that was flown across and videotaped with a shaky cell phone camera. You know, those things we all roll our eyeballs at, you know, we're like, okay, good try. <laughs> but there's some time to time, some stuff that happens that people can't explain, but, um, I don't know. It makes for good storytelling. That's for sure. Yeah. Cause I had on my show, the host from the ghost, ghost hunters TV show oh, you know, yeah? on sci-fi. Uh, and, and I asked him that, I said, point blank, have you ever found a ghost? And he'll flat out tell you, no. <laughs> Did they suspect that they'd found a ghost? No, they never, He's never ex- found a ghost. Okay. So even though they, felt something they didn't actually they didn't say they actually found one they have uh they picked up signals that were abnormal right, right? unusual but they, they could couldn't. never i mean he would never say that they identified a ghost hmm. um they they sensed that that there was something abnormal going on yep um or a temperature difference or some sort of a higher, higher kind of frequency energy or, 
a light or a shadow or something, but yeah. they could never conclusively say that they ever found a ghost. Huh. Well, I had uh, a I had a buddy when I was living in Guam. He uh, when I was in the Navy, he uh, like three o'clock in the morning came to my room and he was like pounding on my door. I jumped out of bed and he came in and his name was Paul and uh, um, Paul's uh, Paul was white. Uh, n- not, but he wasn't white. Let's put it this way: Paul was uh, African American, and but uh, when he showed up at my room, I he looked like he was white. He he had seen a ghost, <laughs> and uh, you know he came into my room and like can't go in my room. I can't go in my room, and he, we you know it took us a while to get him back into his room because he he thought absolutely unequivocally that he had seen a ghost, and he was so te- petrified by what he had saw. So you know, and he hadn't been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and Paul's a great friend to this day to me and him and I talk about that story from time to time and we laugh about it and uh and uh um he uh he still swears to this day that he saw a ghost so was, I think sometimes people see stuff and their mind may make it up the mind's a pretty amazing organ and uh um or he may have actually seen something and never been able to prove that it really happened. In his mind, it happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and if you wanted to to listen to this show that I'm talking about, you know, with the the Ghost Hunter um, host, uh, it's at Beyond Reality Radio. Cool. Is the actual name of it, uh-huh. which also is another clue to, you know, it's 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 the search for extraterrestrials as well as. Uh, Ghosts. I've always wanted to do a paranormal show. I would love to do one. I for you know really got me interested um, in uh, really the in probably the origins of why I decided to do a podcast, even though I didn't start off in doing a a paranormal show because I just didn't have the background in it. For many yeah. many years, I listened to Art Bell. I mean, yeah. oh my God, what a master! I mean, if you want a guy that could keep you up to three o'clock in the morning listening to radio that was the dude he, oh he was fantastic now george norrie who replaced him is in my opinion not as good but um those guys were masters at you know who who, who stays up to three o'clock in the morning and in the right mind and listens to a radio program um but uh but if it's good, they yeah they, they do. If it's oh riveting God. and it's there, there are stories. I mean, a lot of these shows, like like we're talking about here, are very story driven, right? Yeah. Um, people, you know, guests will come on and they'll talk about their 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 experiences of what yep. they went through, or they got abducted, right. or they got you know whether it's really real or yep. fantasy, or they're a book author that, that that wrote a story based on an experience or something like that. And if I, I'm looking at beyond reality radio right now and they've got, they've had 6,300, um, listens to one episode, uh, 75 likes and over 3000 comments. That's crazy. 3000 comments in, in, in one episode. This is in one episode. If you don't in, have those guys on an advertiser, Rob, uh, send them over. <laughs> 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 but their shows are night or. Or 180 minutes long. Wow. That's, Three hour shows. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. You know, that's an audience. Oh my God. Worth their weight in gold. Unbelievable. 
So, you know, but, you know, I think that's, you know, going back to, you know, you know, we've kind of went over the map, all over the map here, but it's all going back about telling a good story. And, uh, um, the better story you can tell, the better the show's going to be. Uh, I still, to this day, would love to do a paranormal show. I really would, because just to talk to the weirdos would be cool. <laughs> because there's, let's be honest, there's some of these people, like, you, you listen to the, those but shows. they're so weird that it's a great story. Right, right. right. Like, they're like, you a, want believe what they say. Yeah, and, right? you, and, and, and you think in your head, is this person a total whack job? Or, or but and oftentimes, it's a guy that works at the bank, or he's got, He's, he's a normal, it's a normal dude. You know, they have a life and a family. They're not just like living in uh, some, you know, uh, you know, some commune or something somewhere. But they might be. (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) I think I would have to start off with any interview by number one. Have you ever done any hallucinating drugs and do you do shrooms? Have you ever took LSD? Do you, do you smoke pot on a regular basis? I think I'd have to, that would be like the pre-questions at the beginning of the show. So say if they check yes to all those, come on, come on, on. Of course, Steve Jobs, he said that if, you know, when he took, I think he admitted to taking acid. What did, what was Steve Jobs admitted to? What I don't, I don't know. Remember. He took some, uh, and he said that was where he had a lightning. So enlightening. <clears throat> yeah. Well, well, that's what in, what what inspired him to create the Mac, right? Right. It's a, a good trip. So, having been lived a pretty straight and narrow life, and largely yeah. because um, having been subjected to urinalysis tests for twenty five years, yeah. that'll, <laughs> um, that'll keep you straight. Yeah. Well, you know, I never had the desire, but you know, it was it's kind of funny, you know, when you talk to individuals who are users, and okay, and then. Did you get weird stories out of them or, you know, it's, yeah, I'm not saying drugs is the responsibility of these individuals having these crazy stories, but I think I would preface any interview with asking them that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, true. But uh, the, the wackier, the better. Yeah. You know, and, and the question is, where do you find these people? I mean, how do you, how do you find, I guess, do they migrate to the show to tell their story? I'm sure yeah. they come out of the woodwork. Yeah. I, I, I would think so. I mean, a lot of the comments that, that, that follow like this, this particular show that's beyond our reality radio show are just people that are, that are just saying, you know, they like the show. Thanks for doing it. I'm a first time listener. Um, but they'll, they'll contribute content too. So they'll, they'll give, you know, an example of something that happened to them and yeah. Um, so it kind of goes the whole spectrum. So have you ever been to a, um, someone, Robbie, have you ever went to a place and actually had a, a reading done, had someone, a a fortune teller? No, I haven't actually. Oh, you got to do that. that. You come to Hawaii. If you ever come to Hawaii, I'll get you scheduled. There is a, um, well, like a palm reader kind of, this is, I guess this is a little more weirder than that. It's a little weirder than that. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily weird, but uh, here in Hawaii, there is one lady that is world-renowned. People, I mean, you you have to book her three, six, nine months in advance. She is busy every day, um, well, well world-renowned. And so um, my mom wanted to go see her. She'd heard about her. And, and uh, so um, I, you know, basically booked as anonymously as I could. You know, didn't call from my cell phone. 
you know, gave just my first name, uh, you know, and, and we got booked to go in there. So I wanted to go in making sure that she had no clue who the person was that was coming and um, parked on a different street, walked in. Rob, this woman blew my socks off. And uh, it's, whatever she does, she's very good at it. And uh, I've been to see her a couple of times over the years, over the 20 years we've been here. My, my wife has too and her friends. There are just some people, I think, and this is way off topic of the show, that just have a, have a talent. And they are on a different level. And just, and, you know, they, and she doesn't claim to be a, uh, uh, you know, it, she's not like, she doesn't make bold claims, but stuff yeah. she says just is really, it makes it floor you. You're like, how in the hell did you know that? You know, and so did uh, she get really, really, uh, personal on, yeah. on knowing, oh, yeah. you know, yep. your, your tendencies uh, or your history. Yep. I mean, what kind of detail does she get into? Well, the first time, obviously, is the true test, right? Because when you go a second time, if she remembers you, you know, she has some pre-knowledge that you've been there before. But anyway, first time I went there, she knew my dad was dead. She knew, I mean, boom, 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 boom. She hit, and there was a couple of things she got wrong, but man, she hit like 10 things out of the gate um, that were pretty close to home. But at the same time, then talking, because you're, you go and she, she'll ask you, have questions. Well, I'll, I'll ask, okay, what's going to happen with my business or what's going to, and she can give general responses there, you know, and you can, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll tell you what you want to hear, obviously, but just some of the stuff she said really kind of, um, it's, it's not the, it's, it's when you're, at least with this lady, when you go to talk to her, you may walk out of there with like three nuggets. The other stuff you kind of like, eh, maybe she wasn't so on there. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting. You gotta you gotta try one. Find someone that's that's well respected and go. Yeah. Uh, and just try one. It's it's fun. Um, yeah. It may change okay. your perspective on ghost Rob. I I may have to come to Hawaii <laughs> for this experience. <laughs> and if anyone that's listening, they want her name. Feel free to email me post show, and you come here. I'll share it with you. But you have to book many, many, many months in advance. <laughs> Todd, oh, we could always start a new show. It could just be a be a mystics show. Uh, we don't have enough. With, we don't have three hours in the morning to do this, Rob. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Those shows yeah. take a lot of work, a lot of prep, a lot of plan. Two uh, to, two podcasts a week is enough for me, and I know you're doing three. Yeah, so, yeah. but to do three hours, I know how much. Every, how much planning do you have to have to do that? Every Every Monday night, well, they usually have like uh, two to three guests that come in for each of their shows every week. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> and so that's how they they do it. And, you know, like the most recent episode, they talk about UFOs, cryptozoology. I'm not even sure what that is. No idea. Uh, and poltergeists. Wow. So that's pretty broad. Yeah, you have to have some knowledge on that stuff to talk about it to begin with, I guess, or just let people. Well, if you have a a TV show on sci-fi that you've been doing for the last ten or twelve years, yeah, you probably got the background. um, Yeah, (laughs) yeah, he's he's a pretty pretty well known. I mean, he's been doing that show on on the sci-fi network. Those are those guys out of the East Coast, yeah. Correct. Yeah, it's actually Jason Hawes, Mm. who's the the lead 
host of the Sci-Fi's Ghost, Ghost Hunter TV series. Well, we've really kind of went <clears throat> sideways on the show today, but it just gives you an idea that this is just one topic of many. And here's what I said. I said something the other day on Facebook, and, man, I got a lot of response to it. I said, there's no other medium where you can have a thought in the morning and a show in the afternoon. Yeah. No That's other. Right. You know, if you know, you're in the shower, you're like, hmm, that would be cool. You know, and really have a, you could literally have a show in the afternoon. No well, you know, that's, that's actually what a lot of uh, the big talk radio guys do. If you think about it, um, they'll, I mean, a lot of these guys have to do a show every day, right? Yeah. Uh, they'll do two to three hours every day. But and, they'll have a staff that helps them collect stuff too. Well, to some degree, that's true. But, but I think a lot of those shows are driven by the hosts and the host connection to uh, what they see in the news, what they see, you know, is on people's minds. You know, I was on a panel with Tom Likas uh, at Podcast Movement, and <clears throat> I don't know if you know who he is and what kind of show he did in the past, but he would focus on <clears throat> um, kind of how men view themselves uh-huh. in the world in contrast with women. So that was the whole purpose of his show was men should be men, and women shouldn't be be dictating to them how they need to be, and so you can create you can create kind of a controversy around yeah. that, right? Well, there um, are a lot it, of there are a lot of dudes running around that are chicks. Yeah, and well. I, and, I, and, 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 and here's and those, just so those of you don't take this the wrong way. What I'm meaning is, and and this is nothing about sexual orientation. Please don't assume that it's there's a lot of men that are not men. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of what Tom Likas was built his whole show around. <laughs> I bet I would love his show. <laughs> yeah, you. I'm sure you would. But <clears throat> and, yeah, yeah, you know, I always but, tell. But, Go ahead. But women would call into the show too and object to his, his, uh, you know, his opinion on that, right? Because they think, you know, a lot of women think that men need to be softer, right? Right. My son, yeah. after my son broke up with his girlfriend, he was moping <clears throat> around here for a while, and I'm like. Quit being a chick. Get your head up. You know, you, you know, you're a man. You, 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 she broke up with you. Tough. You know, yeah. tough up and you know, suck it up. You, you blew it. You know, and let it be a lesson to you. And you know, learn out. And and by the way, get out there. Get back on the horse. You know. And but, uh, but oh, you know that that wasn't good advice from dad. <laughs> but there is a lesson to to be learned. Um, about that from if you're a podcaster i mean uh, there are opportunities right. for creating shows and i believe that that a lot of the more popular shows in the podcasting space today have taken that same approach where they've they've seen uh, a particular social element that mm-hmm. impacts a lot of different people and they've kind of built a show around it right um you know how people socially engage with each other biases on both sides um, you know, I mean, that's the foundation of, of a lot of podcasts that are out there right now that are popular. And there's a lot of women that wish men would be men too. <laughs> that's right. It goes both ways. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and there's probably a lot of men out there that would like women that would be more feminine too. Oh, that's so, true too. It goes, it goes both ways. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And he, we, we are so weird, aren't we? We're so, we're, we're such a bunch of screwed up individuals. We are, well, we're flawed. Makes for great content, though. You know, and I think, you know, it's, uh, um, it shows. You know, every family can have a soap opera. 
you know, it's a, that's a show in itself. You could, you, every family has drama, some more than others. And, uh, you know, that's a whole, that's a whole, oh, oh my God, that's a whole series in itself. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, there's different ways to tell stories. Now, your family may not like it if you're out there airing the dirty laundry every week, but, uh, hey, but you're going to build a big podcast audience. And it's good therapy, too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you don't need a shrink, you just do a podcast. That's right. <laughs> Let the audience be your therapist. But there's something to be said about that, too. My mom and I did a show after my dad died, and that was a short-lived show, but it was great therapy. Great. You know, and um, so I think a lot of podcasters do shows almost as a form of therapy, too. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. And, uh, boy, it can get deep, deep, darker. Wow, it can get crazy. I've heard some shows before. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, but... um, Anyway, yeah. we're way over here. You guys are still okay. hanging with this. I appreciate it. And yeah. uh, but anyway, those of you that are listening, and any of you that are in positions of authority in the podcasting space, <laughs> uh, we'd love to talk with you if you want to talk with us about things we talk about you about. <laughs> uh, we're not talking to anybody in particular. We're no, just generally no, we'll, we'll just have fun putting it out there. Yeah, yeah, we'll have fun, and you know, we we treat everyone with respect that comes on. So, in all seriousness, so please oh, yeah. consider. Um, I think that's it. You got anything yeah. else, Rob, to throw in there? That's it for this week, anyway. I think. Yeah, I, I think I'm on schedule to be here next week too. So, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. So, we'll be back on the same, uh, um, same uh, bat channel, I guess. Right? Yeah. Well, I- I did do an episode of the Speaker Live Show last week talking about a, a topic of uh, who you can trust in podcasting. Oh, so. oh, oh, I didn't hear my ears ringing, so you weren't talking badly about me then. No, I didn't talk badly <laughs> about you. No, I didn't actually talk badly about anybody. I, I talked positively about certain people, though. So well, you'll have to go in and listen and write the names down, and then, then you'll be able to do a cross-check of other people in the podcasting space that you didn't talk about. Yeah, and I I also <laughs> talked about how how to learn how to podcast. Oh, yeah. So it's it's not it's it, when you first read the headline, don't get the wrong impression. It's it's about how to learn how to podcast, and then who can you trust? Yeah. Well, we've been you know we're still learning and we're still doing this. I learn every time yep. I do my show, and sometimes yep. I I, fr- I forgot that I learned it before and have to relearn it. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's con- I mean, it's somewhat changing. Yeah. You know, you have to admit that a lot of things haven't changed yeah. very much. But you know, the the art of the craft is, uh, and I'm not, a, you know, I feel like I'm still a newbie in this thing. Well, yeah, well, everybody's a newbie in this. Yeah. All right, Rob. Thanks for being on. Thanks for spending time with, obviously, all, and all of you too. Thanks for spending time with us on Facebook, on Blab, on YouTube. Let me look and see how many people came and hung out on YouTube with us. I didn't even check that number. Wow, a lot of 16 of you on YouTube. Thank you. That's actually pretty good for YouTube. Yeah, so uh, thanks for cool. thanks for hanging. So the Blab numbers, yeah, but not, not a bad across all boards. About, mm, let me look, maybe peak of about 40 total were live. And that's, uh, that's pretty good for a more Saturday morning show. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we'll see you here next week, too. Get Set it on your calendar. We'll be starting at 9 a.m. Pacific, 
And, uh, of course, subscribe to the show at newmediashow.com. You can contact me at Geek News on Twitter or at Todd at newmediashow.com. Rob? Uh, Rob at robgreenlee.com, or you can send it to rob at spreaker.com, your choice. And I can be found at robgreenlee.com. And um, just do a search for Spreaker Live Show at spreakerliveshow.com if you want to catch my my weekly Wednesday show that I do focus very uh, much on the podcasting space and how to podcast. And of course, if you want to geek out, you can uh, come over to geeknewcentral.com and subscribe to the show. Of course. Yes. Thanks everyone for being here. We'll see you next week on the new media show. Everyone take care. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye.